Oh, anyone got a pencil? Hello and welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Phillips, and every week I'll be asking my guests to make up a mixtape. I'll ask them for a title and five tracks. Track one, what's your intro? What's your attention grabber? What's going to be the song that's going to pull me in and make me want to listen to the rest of your tape? Track two, what's a song that you sing loud and proud when you're on your own in the car or the shower? Track three, I'm going to ask them to get a little bit obscure and pick maybe a B-side or an album track. Track four, pick a song that you would like to have played to your 18-year-old self. And track five, pick a song that you would put on your mixtape to let the listener know you're romantically interested. Due to the music being licensed content, you will have to click into the description of the podcast to hear the songs my guests pick on the accompanying Spotify playlist. Don't forget to smash the follow button or the plus sign and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this chat. Hello and welcome to another mixtape and on this week's show I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Tim Dorney. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very good. Thanks for coming on, mate, and um, and making the time. Now, um, you've been busy this week and, and the week before. I Am Weekender, the, the making of the Weekender uh, movie, DVD and Blu-rays yeah. come out. Tell us a little bit about, for particularly for Australian uh, listeners, about Weekender and, and the, how the song and the movie came to be such a sort of cult movie, probably the right word it probably was back probably, in the day. Probably, yeah, seminal or cult, I'd have said. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it started in 1991. We were doing some writing, basically. They locked us away in a place um, near Gatwick, mm-hmm. uh, near Godston in, in the UK, and um, said, God, we're writing some new stuff. So... We always wrote stuff by jamming for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And out of that came Weekender. We ended up just jamming for forever on it. Um, Liam didn't have all the lyrics at all. It was just Weekender, Weekender yeah. all the way through then. Yeah. So um, about a month or so later, I think it was, we were going into um, re-record Crackerjack, which is on the first album. And because um, we weren't happy with the version that was on the album, and uh, London had paired us up with Clive Langer, mm. um, fabulous producer who'd worked with David Bowie, Dexter's Midnight Runners, Madness, he's most famous for mm. Robert Wyatt, wrote Shipbuilding with Elvis Costello. That's a great track, though. Uh, I absolutely love that that's song. That's an awesome tune, yeah. isn't it? It's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, he told me the story about that. But uh, yeah, it took him about three months to write it, and Elvis wow. eventually came up yeah. with it. He'd written, Clive had written the track, and uh, Elvis about yeah. three months later goes, Oh, I've just written some lyrics for that now. And that was it, shipbuilding. <laughs> wow. Anyway, we're, we're setting up to do Cracker Jack, and we're in the big live room at Westside Studios. And um, while they were setting up, we would, like setting all the mics and everything up, we just started playing Weekender, just mm. jamming through. And uh, I believe somewhere someone hit record on the tape somewhere, but we were yet <laughs> to find it. We've been going through the archives recently quite a lot, and we yet to okay, find yeah. it. on a multi-track somewhere. But the Clive turned around and said, why the hell am I doing this song? This one's way better. We should be working on this one. So yeah. 
like went and had a word with London and we 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 finished Cracker Jack as well, but we, they went and had a word with London and we went in to record about two weeks after that, I think. We did a okay. about four days pre-production with Clive in a rear some studio that we had in Clapham. Um London Records, so thirteen minutes, over thirteen minutes long. And London yeah. Records go, uh, yeah, we want a radio edit. And we're like, nope, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, right, then we'll do it as a fan record. We're only going to put 500 of them out. And we're like, you're mad. You're absolutely potty. Yeah. So um, it ended up that we uh, we jumped ship. We managed to get out of the deal with London Records. Went to Sony's, which is where Heavenly had also jumped ship from London too as well. So we were back with Jeff Barrett. Okay, I didn't know and, that Heavenly came out of London Records. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, they, cool. well, when we first did it, it's on and um, Phobia, they were they were still independent. They weren't they were they were just an indie at that point. Mm. But then by the time that we came around to recording the album, Heavenly had also signed as an imprint to London Records, and they were there wow, for about okay. a year and a half. And they got out of the deal as well. They weren't happy. They went to um, Rob Stringer at Sony's took them on. Right, okay. And then we ended up back there again. Well, back together again with Jeff and with Rob Stringer at the helm this time. And uh, then Jeff bumped into uh, Wiz, the director of the video. So hmm. um, Sony's put money in to, to do the video. So um, he Jeff dragged him into the car, played him the tune, and Wiz goes, yep, yeah, I've got it immediately. And uh, yeah. so the weekend... The, the video for it was born, or the, the short film about clubbing, as it eventually ended yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I describe uh, Weekender to people, I always say, like, imagine if, like, Quadrophenia was, like, only 15 minutes long and, and it wasn't mods, it was rave. That that pretty much, like, that, that encapsulates it in the sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it, it encompasses a whole evening in, in the protagonist's life and... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, whole weekend actually, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant, brilliantly yeah. acted by, by Lee Whitlock as well. Yes, God rest his soul, the poor yeah, fella. Yeah, yeah he died yeah. not long before we, before the yeah. film was released. Okay, so yeah. it, it was obviously a massively influential um, movie, and um, even the likes of Danny Boyle have have been quoted as saying that without Weekender there wouldn't be any train spotting. That must be a real sort of buzz to. To hear someone oh, yeah. like Danny Boyle say something like that <laughs> about your movie, not off. Yeah, no, it's, it's a shame they didn't get him to say it on tape, but he he, he did say it. But uh, yeah, Irvin Welsh said the same thing. He said there wouldn't be a train spotting without without Weekender. Yeah, yeah. so I, yeah, I the, the film quite... full of lovely words like that. It's full of mm. like people paying tribute to to the work. Yeah, I, I play it quite often on my radio show because more often than not, it's a good time to put the kettle on. And have a cup of tea. Um, it's a good yeah. one for that. It's, it's it's cracking for that. So I do I do. But obviously, with when I knew I was going to be talking to you, what did, I think what did I play last week? Played it's on last week. I think on the show. Um, yeah. So I do I do regularly drop drop a fair bit of flour up in the in the radio show. Um, oh, that's unfortunately, good um, I um I was wondering if, if for people in Australia, I, I follow heavenly on Bandcamp because. Um, I've downloaded quite a lot of Baxter Jury's back catalogue through Bandcamp, uh, through Heavenly Records Bandcamp. So I'm sort of subscribed to their service. And I think, if I remember rightly, I got an email not long ago saying that I was I could download I Am Weekender through Heavenly's Bandcamp. But I I don't know if the physical copies are available in Australia yet or not. Um, I don't I'm think they're on Amazon sure. Australia. I'm... Yeah, I know they were selling them through Amazon in the UK. 
because it's the BFI that have released it rather than Heavenly sure. themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right, okay. But it is available for streaming on Apple TV as well. Strange over oh, here. Okay. I don't know about Australia. Might be worth okay. a look. See if you can dig it. Yeah, there, I will. It's it's on Apple yeah. TV and also the BFI have a streaming site, a streaming service as well. But I'm not sure if it's subscription based. Oh, okay. Right, but right, you might right, be right. able to just go in and watch that if you got the BFI website. And, uh, yeah, yeah, because the uncut, the there. original sort of VHS is on YouTube. But um, I watched yeah. it earlier on this evening. It's shockingly bad quality, like picture quality. Do you know what I mean? It looks. It yeah, looks like... it, the BFI actually. Um, there's a strange story behind it because it actually upscaled about five years ago. Because oh, okay. the BFI up, up until about ninety uh, so two thousand uh, two twenty seventeen, I think, didn't recognise music video as an as a sort of art form. And they suddenly decided, right, yes, we do now recognise this. Oh, okay, yeah. And, um, they paid for five videos to be remastered, sort of upscaled to the four K mm. that it is now. Actually, I think it's. Oh, okay. I know I've got four K copy of it, but it actually came out on a DVD that the BFI put out in twenty eighteen, oh, right, okay. and no one realised it. They put a DVD out. That had, it was a four DVD set. I had these yeah, fifty yeah. these fifty videos that decided were, were of artistic merit. Oh, okay. So it has, it has actually been hanging around for a while. In that nice form, to be on but, that list, but, yeah. Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, and we should also point out as well that it's not just the the fifteen minute um, movie itself that's come out. There's a making of documentary uh, that that's come out yes. alongside it as well on the DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, Chloe Rowney and um, mm. well, Wiz was involved to start off with, and then Chloe came in to help out with the with the editing and sort of putting it all together. Mm. So Wiz had a lot of the the um, the old footage and that sort of stuff lying around yep. from years yep. ago, the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor oh, and that okay. sort of thing. Yeah, sure, yeah. And um, Chloe sort of strung it together as a he, um, she got involved when it was sort of they started doing all the all the talking head stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot sure. of it's based on Zoom calls that were done over lockdown. I, I think I did my bit about 18 months ago. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's been sort of pieced together. It's been, it's been ongoing for about two years. Right, okay. But the, yeah. the final push has sort of come since Christmas this year to get everything yeah. ship-shaped yeah. still fashion. And, and the, the, the BFI coming on board to help us release it as well is very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Unfortunately, uh, Tim, I was not yet of proper gig going age when Flowered Up were, were gigging, but I did match you uh, live uh, supporting Paul Weller at Crystal Palace Stadium. Oh, uh, Crystal um, Palace, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Republica, which was the band that you went on to form after Flowered Up split. How was that for you, like, different uh, different way of working, different way of songwriting, collaborating with different people? How did you find that? Um, well, it was completely different because... Um... With uh, the reason Republica started, because I was still doing Flowered Up, but it was starting to fall apart at a rapid rate. And um, I went over to France to um, help on my mate Johnny's album. He was in a band, I don't know if you remember them, called SFS or Sensation, they changed their name to. No, I don't know. It was one little Indian, it was a dancey sort of yeah. thing. And I was over there working on a track with them at Mike Edge's studio. And um, the engineer who was there was a guy called Andy Todd. And we got on like house on fire. Um, he's from Dagenham. He's Dagenese. <laughs> Essex boy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. good Essex boy. But uh, yeah, he was. He uh, so we started Republica, just a pair of us. Okay. We we're just going to do right. We're just going to do dancey tunes, send them to somebody for five hundred quid, that mm. sort of thing, and like yeah, 
sort of high turnover, not particularly good quality sort of thing. But also we used to do um, advert music for a company called Joe & Co that was in Dean Street. Okay. It's now Dean Studios, actually. Where, um, it used to be Good Earth. It was Tony Visconti's studio before that. So we sort of got, if they wanted something dancey for a, for an advert, they, they'd get hold of us. So we ended up mm. doing like Lilp and... Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, we did little. We had totally tropical little, and then we also had links. I think we did links Africa or something like that. Oh, that, that's for brilliant! That we just, yeah, we just channeled up the world for that one, like born to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> we were a bit cheeky, but um, but and, and, yeah, so we started doing that, and then we for a friend of a, we wanted to get some vocals on the tunes, and uh, for a friend of a friend, we met Saffron, who um basically started working with us on the first thing we wanted to release. We took it into deconstruction records who were sort of in the BMG building at the time where we also did little bits of work for BMG publishing mm-hmm. as well in their studio. And um yeah they signed us on the first single, which oh, actually nice. never got released. But um yeah we got a deal from that and then a couple of sort of not a bit lackluster releases really. They were just sort of, we were just to still find always playing catch up. You yeah. signed on your first track. It's always like you're always on the back foot. So we're yeah. still finding our way. For that was probably '93. I think we started, and then '95 things started to take off. Yeah. With yeah, and we started playing live a lot more. Got a drummer, um, got a percussionist. Because before we were like backing track on DAT and all that sort of thing. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Live, and then the American. Then we did Ready to Go. The original version was sort of housey piano thing that got about that got to forty one in the UK. It didn't it didn't go the first time around. And um, the Americans came on board and said, "Oh, we really like this tune. Do you mind if we do a remix of it?" And okay. uh, got Ben Gross to do to do the what became the big hit, the version that version of it. And then we oh, worked okay, with him right. again on another four tracks on the album as well. Now he, he sort of defined the sound of it really, and we took yeah, it I think- from there. Ready to go is one of those tracks. It's a bit like um, like song two. Um, you hear it at like sports stadiums, and so many people know that song through hearing it, it at so, events and things like that. Believe how many syncs it still gets that record. It, honestly, we yeah. get we have casino chains in the states using it. We have HBO are using it at the moment because they've rebranded to HBO Max or something like. We've got. People using it all over the bloody world. Oh, it's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice one to have in your back catalogue, I would say. Oh, it's um, certainly, yeah, that and Weekender. I mean, yeah, you know, I know, yeah, yeah. If you're going to have a couple, <laughs> they're, they're pretty, the two pretty good ones to go. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Tim, about the Facebook post that I saw of yours that that I mentioned before we started recording. I thought it was very recent because it was only recently shared with me, but um, I was in a discussion in a in a vinyl group around you know quality of vinyl and and reissues and things mm. like that, and someone shared your post. Um, where you spoke about the difference between putting uh, Heavenly Records putting that reissue in Weekender and the first Republica album getting reissued on a major, and the differences yeah. between those two experiences for you, just just elaborate on that post a little bit for us, Tim, because I found that really interesting. Yeah, well, with the uh, with the Weekender reissues, Jeff was like, adamant that it was like they were proper good 180 GS, like 180 gram, mm. good thick, well cut vinyl and consulted us all on it were we happy with it did we want to be there for the cut all this sort of thing jeff was like above board Mm. unbeknownst to us (laughs) uh universal who now own the um republic album the first one 
because mm. it's Sony. It's not, I can't one of that lot anyway. And one they just licensed it out to this Dutch this Dutch place. Um, the one I can't even remember the name. Music of on vinyl. That's the ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't bother telling us, and uh, we found out through fans that it was being re-released. And they didn't. They weren't going to send us any. They weren't interested in sending. They did in the end because we all kicked off about it online. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. they've actually they, they were the ones that because they they re-released the second album as well recently. That yeah, was I was just going to ask you about that as well. That was a record store day, yeah. right? Well, they came to us that time. They learned their lesson that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. They came yeah. to us and said, "Can you work with us? We'll like get you into stores for the record day." So Johnny and Seth went mm. and did a few acoustics. At, Oh, okay, uh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I did a couple of them on the day, like one in Brighton at eight o'clock in the morning, and another one in the afternoon in Kingston. I think. Right, okay. we got on board this time with them, and like yeah. they were a bit more, bit more up for it. So, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it well, it's only gonna like you said in your post, like you've got fifteen thousand or whatever, you know, social media followers on your page. Like you can help mm. them sell more records. Like it's a no-brainer, surely. Like to involve you in the it, release, it, it surely just... is, isn't it? They're just missing a trick, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But, they uh, are. At the moment, involved with a company called Because TV, who uh, who now own the London Records catalogue for Flower. Oh, okay. Right. And they're a very interesting company to work with. They're very up for it. They're very on board. They're, like, consulting us all the way down the line. Really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Willing to put a little helpful. bit of money behind it. It's uh, Yeah. It makes a change working with nice people. And they, they, they are really up for the quality, quality of the vinyl and everything as well. Yeah. We will be re-releasing the Flowered Up album later in the year. It's been oh, awesome. oh, brilliant. Oh, that'd be good. I'll yeah, because the cut sure. on that was shocking. <laughs> the cut on that was <laughs> bloody awful. It was really quiet. And um, I went into a proper mastering studio with my mate Streaky and uh, we've yeah, right, okay. t- turned it around into yeah. much more modern and punchy. Bring those pan pipes up, mate, because that's that's one of the best. Things. <laughs> I love that. There's not many songs. Why I did you invent the shitty flute? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, we better move it along, mate, because um, otherwise we're going to be no all right and, and it's going to be quite late for me. So, so your mixtape, Tim. The first uh, thing I normally ask is um, to give your mixtape a title. Yeah, badly conceived and poorly executed. Let <laughs> <laughs> me write that down. I also, also the title of my uh, autobiography, The Republic of Years, badly conceived and poorly executed. The first track for your mixtape, Tim, is uh, what would you put on as an intro? What's going to be your attention grabber and it's going to want to make me listen to the rest of the tape? Ooh, uncertain smile by the the. <laughs> nice. And what is it about that track that, that's going that's to grab just, me, do you think? The Jules Holland piano solo in it is just one of the best things I've ever heard in, in all my days. It really is outstanding. The album version of that track is just brilliant. I mean, I love the, the I'm, I'm absolutely nuts about them. And that yeah. just like encapsulates everything for me. It is my favourite song, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Jules, like, it, it, gets a, it gets a bit of stick sometimes, Jules, because he can't help sitting in with people on the show. But people forget what an absolutely fucking amazing... Oh, man. Piano player he is like it's just unreal. he can take the roof off that bloke yeah, unbelievable yeah, yeah I've seen him live with the River and Blues Orchestra back in back in the nineties and uh, it was unreal it was cracking yeah I've but seen him a on, couple of times as well he was on before Clapton and the Who when they did Quadrophenia in Hyde Park okay track two Tim is uh, tell me a song that you sing loud and proud when you're on your own in the car or in the shower mate. Uh, I'm going to actually pick one that I actually sung live this weekend at a festival. Oh, okay. 
I've actually I've got another band as well. I've got a third oh, right. band called okay. Tin Gun. We called. Um, it's me and a couple of mates. Tin Gun. Yeah. Oh, it's me and a couple of mates who have other bands that have supported Republica, friends of Republica, people I've worked with. Just four mates. Leave your egos at the door. Go out and have a good time. And a friend of ours put us on at a festival right in front of three thousand this weekend. Okay. We oh, do a cover version yeah. of Mr. Jones by the Psychedelic Furs. Oh, okay. Right. Which um, I, it's the only song I sing on because I'm I'm the only one that sings in that range, and I do a pretty good Richard. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is nice. video of that on YouTube if you want to have a look at me making a complete tip myself. So. Absolutely, one hundred percent. As soon as I <laughs> hang up this microphone, mate, I'm going to jump on and have a look for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant choice. I thought you were going to say Counting Crows for a second when you said Mr. Jones, but no, oh no, 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 I'm not a karaoke one. singer. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I normally do, Tim, um, for Spotify, obviously it's licensed content, the music that we're we're discussing for your mixtape, so I can't put it in the actual chat. But on the radio show, I normally drop the songs in in between the chat, and then on Spotify, I just put a Spotify playlist of the tracks, and then I put a link in cool. the description. We have done a version. There is a version available of um, thingy, but it's on Bandcamp. Right, Mr. Okay. Jones. Right, right. We did right. it for I'll... we did it for a Canadian um, psychedelic first compilation album. We just did right, it for a okay. bit of a laugh. <laughs> and then what I also do as well is I'll put your links to your socials and stuff like that, and your website link in the description of the podcast as well. So cool. anyone yeah. listening who wants to go and look at anything, I maybe even put the YouTube link to Weekender in there as well. If anyone wants to go and watch watch the the crackly, uh, the crackly video of that. Um, okay, <laughs> track track three of your mixtape, Tim. Pick something that's a little bit obscure, a little bit left field, maybe a B side or or an album track. E two E four by Manuel Gotching. Wow, always say to people, this is always the one I have to Google because I uh, it's it's always something that I've not heard of, but it's brilliantly obscure. Like some of the stuff people come up with, it's always good. I think it was 1986. He he was a sort of jazzy guitar. I think he was something to do with Can and um, Tangerine Dream, that sort oh, okay. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think he's still alive, yeah, but it was just yeah. like a, it was, yeah. it was a Balearic classic. This thing, it's 14 minutes aside. It right. goes wow. on forever. It's pretty yeah. much the same thing all the way through, but just absolutely beautiful. Uh, and uh, I remember sitting on the beach outside the Cafe Del Mar in 1988 in Ibiza with that on my Walkman. Oh, just nice. thinking, oh, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, just... you made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. made it to Ibiza. Yeah. I'll maybe, I'll maybe look for a radio edit of that to put in the radio show because I'm not sure I can do. 12 oh yeah, minutes it, it's a long and 40 minutes of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah I'll take your night up. If you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got two hours. Okay, Tim. Track four of your mixtape, and on track four, I ask you to pick a song that you wish you could have played to your 18 year old self. Ooh. Uh I would say and the beat goes on. Was it Billy Cobham did the original? Because yeah. I just discovered it again recently, the whole thing. Because I know it got like you'll seeing I did a version of it and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. I discovered the original and it's his 12-year-old daughter doing the singing on it. Really? I, wow. Yeah. It it unbelievable. And like the full version is like recorded with two mics in a club or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. It's just off the hook that record. What do you think your eighteen-year-old self would have would have made of that, Tim? Uh, not a great deal at the time, 
<laughs> but um, I'd have liked to have educated my 18 year old self, so I'd have found it a bit earlier than last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the general idea of that question. I think um, <laughs> I, I had um, I don't know if you're familiar with an Australian band called The Church. Um, yeah, of, uh, yeah, I saw The Church actually. I had Steve Kilby on last week, and um, I was expecting him to choose like some Floyd or or something like that, and he went Sigur Ross for a band, a, a song that he wanted to play to his 18-year-old self because he wanted to show his 18-year-old self that, you know, it wasn't it was all possible. about, you know, 4-4 four, four time, do you know what I mean? And all that, it was those yeah. were the possibilities. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it was, I love I love, uh, I love, love hearing, uh, like, you know, left-field choices like that. There's no way I ever would have, you said to me, you're going to speak to Steve Kilby. I said, no, Sigur Ross ain't even going to come in the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Not in a million years, but yeah. He was straight I've got a feeling yeah. I... I saw the church with the Triffids, I think. Oh, the Triffids are great. Man. I love the Triffids, yeah. Classic Aussie <laughs> band. West Australian band, they are, yeah. Track five would be pick a track that you would put on your mixtape to let the listener know that you're romantically interested. Oh, it would be Bonnie by Prefab Sprout. Oh, which I, I think it's just Sprout. a gorgeous tune. They're just absolutely such an underrated gorgeous. band. They really are. Oh. Like I absolutely love them. I grew up on like Prefab Sprout, The Cure, all that sort of. Susie, yeah, yeah. that was that was all me. Yeah. Devo, first band yeah. I ever saw was Devo, actually. Devo, Aussie band, yeah, yeah uh, cracking band they <laughs> are. They're massive over here. They're absolutely huge, Devo over here. Yeah. All right, Tim, listen, mate, I won't hold you up any longer. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show and the podcast, mate. I'll tag you in the in the post when it comes out um, so you so you can um, come back and have a listen if you, if you get time. Good luck with the new Republic album, mate. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, everything goes yep, well. That for should you. be the end of the year on that one. We've right, got a okay. deal on it now. So. Festivals and gigs, any more coming up with Republica? This, oh, this summer? yeah, I've got them all across the summer. They're all sort of like five to 30,000 type things across the country. App fests, chow fests, something right. fests. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's plenty of them. What's the best place to catch your, all your info? I saw that there's an official. Republic. Yeah, the most places. Uh, Instagram and Republica official on Facebook is actually the one that has sort of most of that's that's got the most traffic on it. Really, that's wow, what okay. the announcement. Cool. First. Okay, I'll put I'll put links to those in the description for this podcast, so anyone listening uh, can just jump down there and and connect with you straight away. Cheers, Tim. Marvelous. Really appreciate. No it. worries. Cheers, buddy. Take it easy. See you soon. See you later. Bye bye. That was a mixtape podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to jump up to the top of the page and smash that follow button and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode or follow me on Instagram at the mixtape perf. Till the next time. <laughs>